from Forward Direction LLC, it's the You Should Listen podcast, a show that intersects sports, business, fashion, and hip-hop culture. We draw on experiences from influential people who have carved out a name in their respective creative space. We hope you pick up a few gems along the way. Thanks for tuning in. When most people were out partying or trying to figure out what they wanted to do with their life in college... Today's guest was laying down the groundwork to become one of the biggest agents in the game. Bryce Carpenter is a 22-year-old CEO and certified MBPA agent for Proactive Sports Agency. He graduated from Southeastern Louisiana University, where he received a bachelor's in sports management and is currently pursuing his Juris Doctor at the Thurgood Marshall School of Law. As the CEO of Proactive Sports, Bryce has assembled a team of professionals, including an attorney and marketing coordinator, that will help his clients achieve their dreams on and off the court. If this guy doesn't inspire you, I don't know what will. Thanks again, ladies and gentlemen, for joining the You Should Listen podcast. I'm your host, Layden Williams, and today I have the agent that everyone should know about. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Bryce Carpenter. Uh, I'm a 22-year-old sports agent uh, that founded my own company called Proactive Sports Agency. Uh, finishing up law school, so I'm in a little different situation than probably most agents in America. But uh, but I, I went to college at Southeastern Louisiana University. Now I'm here in Houston, Texas, finishing finishing up law school and uh, and, and just recruiting and signing guys. Nice. Cool. Um, so obviously you, you mentioned your age, and I don't know of any agents that are that young. So what was the motivation or the factor behind pursuing a career in the agency so so young? So I was in the agency business from a very young age, um, probably since I was like 17, uh, around that around that area. Um, I had I was blessed to be introduced uh, to Joseph Claiborne. Um, his father did some did some work in our area from where I'm from outside St. Louis and uh, and so I got introduced um, through his pops, and I wanted to be uh, in the agency business. And as Joseph started his NFL agency, I just wanted to help out any way I can. And we just grew together. As his agency grew, my role grew, um, and that was kind of my mentor. But I ended up switching to the basketball side because I felt that it was time for me to make the jump um, and do my own uh, and I really wanted to run the basketball side of Joseph's NFL agency. Um, and so, uh, you know, things kind of fell through, um, but uh, we may, we maintained our relationship. He still, we talk almost every day now. Um, and, and I, I started my own company. I just dove into the water and, and tried to figure it out. Yeah. That's uh, dope. I was going to ask, do you have a background playing uh, basketball or football or any sports in that capacity? Yeah, so I, I grew up um, play. I it's I was a multi-sport player. I played tennis, football, basketball. Um, it, I didn't play basketball in high school. We got second at state like three years in a row back in junior high, um, and and I was surrounded by talented basketball players. But um, and I had a different niche for the game. I had more of a business sense that I was always thinking. I was helping out one of my friends when he was going through the recruiting process. Uh, so I learned uh, how to communicate with coaches. And I learned the business side at a very early age and the fact that obviously all the top players are getting paid under the table. So uh, seeing that firsthand, um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be in this business. I'm just going to be on the, on the agency side. 
Gotcha. And um, obviously, you don't have to be, I guess, a lawyer. I understand you under you have to understand law, especially in regards to the contracts. But what was your decision behind going to uh, law school? So I didn't want to go to law school. Actually, originally, I wanted to go get my master's. Mm -hmm. um, but I ended up going to law school because I was 20 years old, graduating college. And so I didn't feel like going to work <laughs> <laughs> and I was debating whether to go get my master's, go to law school. I knew I didn't want to go to work at that yeah. age. So I was like, Oh, I'll just go to law school. It can only benefit me. Um, yeah. and then I kind of wanted to be an attorney as a kid, but, uh, I more or less just didn't want to go to work. And it's so everybody always laughs when I say that, but I mean, Shoot, I was 20 years old. You made yeah. rash decisions at 20. <laughs> That's true. How did you um how did you finish college at 20? Did you finish high school earlier? Did you like kind of ramp up, take summer classes? How did you finish it? Yeah, I fin I finished high school early. I was 17 when I went from St. Louis to Louisiana, 10 hours away. Um, and then uh I graduated, I took all classes. I graduated in three years, took as many as I could, like 21 hours a semester, something like that. Um, and then I'll be 23 graduating law school later this year. Okay. Man. Did you have a, uh, did you have a life in undergrad? Uh, I had a great life. I was actually, I, I was always a hustler and that's kind of why a lot of the players see the hard work that I put in because I put in more work than anybody else. Nobody will outwork me. I don't think about what age other agents are doing. None of that. I, it's actually funny because one of the players I recruited this year, I didn't sign them. I got down to the, like the final, uh, pick of agents and he's going to be drafted um, but and I still put his dad as a recommendation for different opportunities and everybody asked me well, why are you putting a guy that you didn't sign but I, I said you know I want you guys to see the work that I put in that's what separates me from everybody else that's why I'm 22 years old where I'm at yeah, um, yeah I'm gonna have a good time but I'm, I also get my work done um, and in college shoot I was a hustler I was I was doing party promoting. I was manager at T-Mobile. I was working with Joseph in the NFL agency. Whatever I could do to make some money, get myself leveled up. Everybody's like, well, don't rush through school. I think that's complete BS. I'm yeah. trying to get to this bag so I can set my mom and my and my pops up in a nice house. And, yeah. and, you know, they're retired. And so I want to start sending them on trips as early as I can. My parents are older, so I wanted to get some money so I could take care of them. Gotcha. That's the, I, love, I love the energy. I love the passion and the vision um, that you had. And I know you said you mentioned, uh, I guess, early on that you always kind of want to work on the business side of sport. When did you have like that light bulb moment where you realized that you actually wanted to represent athletes? Uh, when I started working for Joseph, I saw how I, I love the fact that I love sports. I mean, a lot of people like sports, but and a lot of people want to be agents. But I knew I had a niche for recruiting because I could connect with players. But I also was smarter than the average person. Mm -hmm. So I felt putting that together, I could do multiple things and have an advantage when I go at players. And I knew my work ethic would separate myself. A lot of these agents just recruit 100 players and they're not really putting in work. Like I could tell you, I put, I'm watching film on my guys where I probably know their game better than them. I'm looking at advanced analytics. Joseph taught me you know, the advanced analytics and looking into that and how you can kind of predict a player. I mean, he predicted Marcus Golden was going to have a double-digit sack year when no team thought he would. And then, you know, he had that year. And so Joseph taught me the advanced analytics. Um, so now when I recruit, I recruit guys that I predict that will be able to have success. And it's been, it's been great. I mean, 
the guy that I was recruiting this year that's going to get drafted, nobody, he wasn't really on the draft boards until later. And I knew he was going to be on draft boards. You know, I knew he would get that NBA shot. So um, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You definitely um, share a lot of gems so far. I read in an article um, where someone had kind of asked you, how do you use um, your young age to an advantage? And you pointed to the fact of kind of being um, savvy with social media or being able to kind of relate to the players that are entering the, ja the draft. Just wanted you to kind of elaborate on that because I feel like most people look at it and they're like, he's young, he might not have the experience, but you kind of flip the switch and you're like, nah, I have like the, the right mindset that's going to be able to have these conversations with these individuals. Yeah, it's, it, it's sometimes a downfall of the age because obviously sometimes you're going to walk into some of these guys are, most of the guys are around my age. You're, yeah most of them are either at my age or younger. Um, and so a lot of parents will have the fear of, oh, well, he's 22 years old. But as soon as I open my mouth and I start talking and they get to know me, the age gets thrown out the window. I mean, yeah. my main question of this year, before I got any players, um, the main question was experience. And uh, at the time, I didn't have any players. So nobody wanted to be the guinea pig. Yeah. But luckily, I ended up um, – some players fell in my lap and, and they, they took a chance on me. And as I've gotten them deals, one of my clients, Justin Tillman, he'll be in the Euro league this year, the top overseas league. Um, now players are seeing I'm getting deals for them. Age was never really a question for me. It was more or less, does he have the experience? Yeah. I had experience on the NFL side, but I hadn't, I didn't have experience on the NBA side. So that was always the question. Can you talk to teams? Do you have the connections to these overseas teams? At the end of the day, I always tell players, what you do on the court is going to get you drafted. No agent is going to get a player drafted any higher than the player himself because no, what team is going to draft a, a player because he's friends with the agent? You know what I'm saying? I use that analogy all the time. But agents who have a bunch of players say, hey, I've got six players on six different teams. I can get you drafted higher because I have a relationship with this GM. That's how they recruit, but it's completely BS. Gotcha. Yeah, and um, obviously I know you started your own agency, Proactive um, Agency, is that correct? Yeah, Proactive Sports Agency. Proactive Sports Agency. What was the mindset in starting your own business opposed to, like, going to a bigger shop and kind of getting that experience um, and then branching out? Well, I actually was looking to join a bigger agency, but um, things kind of fell through. Then coronavirus hit, so that really was the reason why everything fell through. Okay. Um, I had some lined up, talked to multiple agencies and just was looking for the best situation. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I only created Proactive Sports Agency as a placeholder till I joined a bigger agency. And I still have one agency that I'm talking to. But um, if the deal isn't right, I, there's certain things that I need and I expect. And if I don't get those things, I'm just going to continue on myself by myself because I'm having success. At this point, I don't see why I can't go recruit anybody. Um, and I'm, I've actually am talking with an agent and bringing him on board, um, and that'll be announcing soon. And he's got some G League guys, okay. so I'm expanding now. So now it's I'm really more invested in my agency than I probably thought I would be. But it's working itself out. So nice. I'll continue to run my agency until the right uh, right situation comes. Gotcha. Cool, cool. And I was gonna ask, what has the process been like with like landing um, your first client, like? I know you alluded to it earlier, but how are you able to convey that experience if you don't have any, like, examples you can kind of speak to, if that makes sense? Yeah, so when I was first recruiting with zero clients, I couldn't recruit on experience. I had to recruit more on relationship, my work ethic, my background, and really 
that's kind of it. Um, I couldn't say, hey, I've placed a player in the Euro League because I hadn't done that yet. You know, I couldn't say I've placed a player in the NBA. I hadn't done that yet. And so I was recruiting on the fact of, you know, uh, you're going to, you're talented. You're already projected to get drafted. So I'm going to just be, whether you sign with me or Joe Blow on the street, you're going to get drafted because you're playing on the court. That's kind of how I had to recruit. Yeah. Every agent is recruiting on experience. But now that I've signed players, the first player I signed was Dante Fitzpatrick, um, Dorsey, and he went to Ole Miss, transferred to Tennessee State. Um, he had a nice year at Tennessee State, then went to Stillman. Um, so he was a guy that kind of had a chip on his shoulder. He's talented. He's best friends with Terrence Davis, who's on the Raptors. Um, and so I knew he was talented enough to get a shot overseas or in the G League. And so he took a chance on me because he knew I had something to prove and he believed in me. Um, and so we kind of had the same chip on our shoulder, so it was a lot easier. And once I signed him, I signed Justin Tillman, who he's going – he just averaged 20 and 10 in Israel uh, going to the EuroLeague this year. It just kind of – after the first guy, it was, like, easy. I've been turning down guys now at this point. Um, and, and so now once I represent – now that I represent Justin with Octagon, that has been huge because now I can sign – I feel like I can compete with anybody because now they're seeing what I'm doing with Justin – he's going to be making great money in the Euro League. Now, now every other player that wants to go overseas and make great money, like, well, I can sign with Bryce now because he's done it, you know? So the recruiting has changed now because now it's less about experience and it's more or less – I, I, com I compete with every other agency on yeah. every level. That's cool. And uh, I kind of wanted to backtrack a little bit. I know you said that you're quite a hustler. You're able to kind of juggle and wear many hats. How are you able to put forth the energy and effort to – uh, find these players and also finish law school. Like, I know that has to be a daunting task. Yeah, uh, it's been tough. This semester of coronavirus wouldn't hit. I probably would have taken some grade reductions because yeah. I, if you miss more than certain of my classes, you start getting letter deductions. So, honestly, coronavirus probably saved my butt because I, when I was recruiting this year, I had one story that I got when I went to uh, – the West Coast Conference Tournament in Las Vegas. I got, I was there for like four days. I got off the plane and when I landed from Vegas to Houston at like six in the morning, I took my flight. And then it was like nine in the morning when I landed. I went straight from the airport to take my midterm. Oh my Mind God. you, I had no sleep. I had given a presentation to a player and his family in the hotel room at like <laughs> three in the morning. And I was rushing to turn in the rental car, ride the bus from the rental car. To the airport. It was crazy. And I took that, that midterm. Uh, on zero hours of sleep and uh and and it was it, the way that the game ended and stuff by the time we got to talk it just felt like that but I had to give that presentation mm -hmm. and so I, I yeah I made that final but that I give that story I'm like that's how that describes how it's been in law school like getting no sleep and taking that midterm that was ridiculous I, I slept for like two days straight after that I was so tired mentally exhausted and from the time change and all of that and then they beat uh, BYU, so we were celebrating. The upset BYU was celebrating and like Gonzaga the neck. It was craziness, but uh, <laughs> that describes how it's been in law school. Literally, no sleep, just grinding. Gotcha. And kind of um, to piggyback off of the the grinding, um, at a high level, what is it like to be uh, a sports agent? Like, what what comes to mind immediately for me is I watch the show Ballers on HBO. So I just yeah. like you're having fun with their clients, but sometimes you're holding their hands to make sure that they're taking on the right business deals, but you're also reviewing their contracts to make sure that they are being represented correctly. But like, what is it actually like since you have that um, experience? 
Uh, I would say it's two part fold because yeah, you're getting them contracts with teams, but the, that's like the smallest percentage of what you of the hundred percent of the time you put for an athlete. Um, uh, it, it, you're, it's not really necessarily babysitting, but I would say I look at it as if an attorney, I'm going to be an attorney. So I look at it as if you're one of your clients says they're in jail, you're going to answer that call no matter what, you know, when they, when your client calls you, they pay you to be your attorney. So I, I treat my clients as that, as if I'm an attorney with a criminal client or like a, if somebody got in a car accident and they call me for PI, yeah. you know, I always answer the phone. Um, so that's one thing that a lot of agents don't do. That's kind of how I separate myself. My clients know you call me at three in the morning and I'll answer. You'll be calling, you know, whatever it is, it could be the smallest thing. And you just need to talk and I'm still going to answer. So it's a lot of just checking up on them, honestly, but two, um, and when situations happen, like my client, Justin, his father passed from coronavirus. So, um, and then, and then his mother's in the hospital dealing with that. So that's you know a different situation where i can't you don't predict things like that but i have to be there for justin and i'm like i tell justin i'm like i got your back more than your spine does like whatever you need of me i'm gonna be here and he doesn't have a gym right now to train in detroit so i said hey come train in houston you know it's it's setting things up you know i'm like hey i'll get you and he also needed um uh, an attorney for a different situation going on with, with things in in his life and so i connected him with an attorney out there in detroit things like that i mean i, I wouldn't necessarily call it babysitting but a lot of the times you're you're a middleman to so many different things outside sports luckily i have a legal background so um i'm connected attorneys can do a lot so in a situation where a family member needs a will they call me who do i need to get in contact with i can send them you know the right way um I would, I don't look at it as babysitting. I just look at it as like a brother, you know, an older brother, even though Justin's older than me and all my other guys are older than me. <laughs> That's cool. Um, I like that you kind of highlight that you have those services that you provide to your clients or your athletes kind of off the quarter field. I feel like that's um, very helpful and very beneficial. And sometimes I think that's why agents get a, a bad knock sometimes because they aren't looking out for the player's best interest. I kind of wanted you to, to speak to that as well like why do you think the agents sometimes get a bad rep i think i've seen i've seen situations where guys get multiple players and they don't communicate with their player like i said most of the time i'm just talking to my players on like a regular conversation and it'll just be checking up on them but most a lot of agents don't do that they don't do the little things you know and it's like if I see a situation where my client doesn't have a gym, such as Justin, he doesn't have a gym right now, and I'm saying, hey, come out to Houston, I don't care what it costs me to, to, to train. A lot of agents want to only be like, well, I'll only invest in the player that first year. I just talked to a, a, a guy that's connected to some top players, and he's like, yeah, this big agency represents one of the guys that's in the G League, and they're not trying to pay for training this year. And I think that's ridiculous you know and I think you you have to make that investment each year in your player you can't just make the investment the first when they're going to the draft and then just stop after that stop communicating with them stop paying for the training I mean come on like you know our goal is to get these guys in the NBA or if their goal is to get in the Euro League whatever we got to do I think that's what separates myself from other agencies whatever I have to do I'm going to do it you know if I got to sit on the phone with you for three hours and we're just talking, we're gonna talk. You know, agents don't wanna put in the extra time that they have. Yeah, we only have 24 hours in a day, but look, 
you just got to prioritize things. My girl gets aggravated all the time because she's like, man, you always on the phone. But my girl understands as well, you know, like that I treat my each player as my as, as family. As so it's like I'm go, I'm, I have to take this. And, and it just it's just about understanding what your goals are. And I don't want to be known as an agent that doesn't care for his players. So I'm going to do whatever I can for my guys. And my guys know that they'll. They, they'll call me and, and they'll be like, man, Bryce, like this player wants to fire his agent and they're trying, you know, he, he, he wants, I, I recommended you because of how I know how you are with us. So um, it's a reputation business. And I don't want to get one of those reputations where I see all the time guys are wanting to fire their agent because they don't even do the little things. Because he is 22, Bryce has something to prove. He has to find innovative ways to ensure that he can develop trust between the player, their family, and himself. Socially, he believes he has more in common with the athletes, which allows them to understand that he's genuinely invested for more than just a business sense. He's focused on growing and developing his clients on and off the court. When he recruits, he is very selective with who he chooses and why, which most agents do not do. However, the players and their family members notice that he is more invested in them because his focus isn't on the big group of guys, but more the big picture. Have you thought about what's your big picture? Well, Four Direction LLC is a full house book publishing agency that can help you do just that. Check out the website, LaydenWilliams.com. Now back to our conversation. As a minority in sports, do you think it's harder sometimes to sign clients? Because sometimes I feel like younger athletes or athletes in general, they tend to go with like we mentioned earlier, like a big, a bigger agency that has that that uh, that brand or has that umbrella or has that experience that would be easy, I guess, to transition into. Yeah, I've seen problems with you know as a black agent signing necessary sometimes a white a white player versus or. Um, you're competing against the big agencies. There's different things. I always look at it as there's a two-part fold. You got the small agency like me that's competing against the big agencies, but you also have the racial barrier where some, even some black players don't want to sign with black agents because there is, I don't know, I think we're growing out of it. I think we're a lot further along than we used to be. Um, and so a lot, it's a lot easier for players to trust a black man, but I think there's still some areas where I run into situations where I can just tell they're not, they're not trusting. And it, I don't know if necessarily if it's because of color, but you know, I, I can tell when certain people are like, you know, I'd rather the white guy that is, that's the 60 year old man that's got all these players from back in the day, you know, but I mean, it is what it is. I just keep pushing. I don't look at it as disrespectful. I don't take anything personal. So, and I don't make assumptions. So, I mean, I don't know if it's because of color, but I will say I do know a lot of, agents in the industry that struggle signing white players as black or minority agents. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, you kind of mentioned it also in your previous response, but how do you go about building a relationship with like a promising athlete? Like I know you mentioned earlier before we actually started the call that sometimes you'll have friends such as uh, Joe say, Hey, you need to kind of take a look at this player, but how do you go about like building just like organic relationships with these athletes? I think a lot of it, it's crazy because every guy that I've signed, I did not recruit. It was either some third party introduced us. Um, so I think it's just your reputation out in the community. Um, people see, 
I mean, my client, Nick, uh, his dad is in my fraternity. He's a Kappa. I'm a Kappa. So we kind of connected on that level. Um, uh, uh, Justin got connected. We got connected through Boosie's people. His people are from where I'm, my people are from. Uh, and Dante, I, I had his close friend was one of my close friends. So I think it's more or less just naturally happens. I mean, the guy I got connected with today, I mean, we – we just got connected through a coach that's from St. Louis area that I personally know. And he recommended me, you know? So, um, most of the time it just happens naturally. I feel like I've learned, I've tried to force some things last year where I always like, I need to make a relationship with these players, but going into next year, I feel like now I've built up a name and where people will call me about guys. I somehow have some kind of connection to every player that I want to recruit some kind of way. I'll find one. I mean, that's really the only way you have a chance competing against CAA because those CAA and those big companies are going to just come throw a lot of money at players, and I have to go off a little more relationship-based. But I always say money will make some, a player lose morals and values very quickly. You might think that you have a relationship and that you're going to sign a guy, but if the right dollar amount comes, that can change a lot for a lot of guys. Yeah. And I guess kind of to piggyback to that, has anyone ever mentioned or referred someone where you're like, all right, I don't know if I trust their, I don't know if I trust their skill set. I don't know if I trust their judgment and how good this actual athlete is. Like, what is your gauge for saying like, okay, this, this athlete might be legit or I could actually see this guy going overseas or going to the league. Yeah, so I've built up a network to where with NBA uh, personnel and also overseas guy uh, personnel that uh, that that where if I get a player, I'm gonna reach out to everybody I know and typically get some feedback. I've heard there was a guy that um, top player coming out of a D1 school. He's overseas, and I he he's looking to fire his agent. And so when I got his name, I reached out to the coach that he used to play for because I saw he played four games. Like, Why did he play only four games last year? They let me know he was a terrible character guy. He always complained, blah, blah, blah. And so I didn't sign. You know, that's how I take typically I base guys off of. I want to get know about your character. I want to know on the court performance. I want to know health issues. So I just judge each case by case basis. I try to keep my agency small quality over quantity so um i'm very selective on the guys if i don't believe in a player i'm not gonna sign a player and it also may not be the right fit i feel like a player agent relationship has to be a fit and it just may not be the right fit or time so that could be another reason why i don't take a guy but if i if i believe in a player i'll typically take a player yeah i um i had an nfl agent on the show um earlier and i was kind of mentioning i feel like when people know that you're an agent i feel like they hit you up that much more whether it's like a family member or a friend and they're like, Hey Bryce, my son's seven years old. He's going to the league. Like, do you ever have people just like randomly hit you up? Like you're going to have to represent my son someday. You're going to have to represent. Your yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. I got some guys that actually are in high school that, uh, that are even in sports that I don't represent like NFL, that guys like top players. I know some top players that, um, and, and their family members call me and be like, you're going to represent them. I'm like, I'm not in NFL, you know, I'm not MLB, but, uh, but, it doesn't mean that I, my company may not have an NFL or MLB agent at that time when they're going for the draft. Um, so, you know, who knows? But I do get random calls from the Players Association website. Our numbers are on the agent directory. And so random players will call me. I had a guy the other day, 
called me. He said, yeah, I've never played college basketball. I transferred from two different schools, but I'll be playing NAIA next year. What do I need to look for in the agent? You know, how can I get in the summer league? I'm like, bro, you haven't even played on the court. Like, you need to get on the court first. Yeah. You don't go NAIA. You need to be an All-American. Like, yeah. if you are an All-American, you probably have no chance. So, yeah, I get random calls, like, from players that are like, I need an agent. If you're probably calling a play, an agent for for representation and you don't have any agents recruiting you, it's probably means that your career is not going to happen. I mean, more or less. It's it's the harsh way to say, but that's how I look at it. Yeah, I, I definitely I, I agree with that as well. Um, I, I hate that calls. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna ask. Um, are you an advocate for athlete empowerment? Um, yourself? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that's going on right now. Um, with every, I mean, there's so much going on in the world with coronavirus. Obviously, George Floyd and a lot of activist stuff going on. Um, and I, I honestly feel like, you know, we need to, players need to speak up and say what they want to say. But at the same time, I say, know your facts as well. Yes. Uh, coming from a legal background, there's a lot of times when I don't, I'll stay quiet on things because I, majority of people just watch the news and they, they run with whatever. They may not look at the facts behind things. And so I always tell players, be careful. If you're going to say something, know what you're talking about like drew Brees for him to speak up and not know that Ka kaepernick's not standing to disrespect or he's not he's kneeling to disrespect the flag like that it's like that's not what he's kneeling for you know right. that's just you not educating yourself so i always say if you're gonna speak up about something make sure you're educated about it before you speak up because that's why drew Brees is in the situation he's in yeah. he's probably got educated on that but he didn't want to listen and that's why you should have never spoke up you know, so if you're going to educate yourself, make sure you know what you just educated yourself on. Because I guarantee you somebody told him, Colin Kaepernick is not kneeling to disrespect the flag. Exactly. But that's in his mind, he must have ran with that. So I always tell players, just make sure you know what you're talking about. Because right. you'll be in a situation like Drew Brees that's looking stupid. <laughs> Facts. Um, I was going to ask, how does the uh, recent, I guess like the high school athletes, I think, I forget his name, the Jalen Green that's decided to go yeah. to the league. What, what is your view on um, some of the – top athletes or top basketball players deciding to go the G League route instead of the NCAA? Does that kind of help you as an agent or does that like? Yeah, I've had a player that went overseas out of high school and he's actually looking to get in the G League right now in that program. Um, and we're still trying to figure out if he qualifies. He's like a top player. And I've also got some high school guys that I just personally know that are that are potentially going to go in that program in future years. So they're watching how this year is going to happen. But I mean, Honestly, they're getting paid in college. So however they get paid, either it's G League or go to college. I mean, yeah. I honestly, it doesn't affect me. I think you just have to recruit earlier if you want to recruit those top guys. But typically guys like that, I'm not even recruiting anyways because they have agents that are talking to them back in like eighth grade. So, um, I mean, it doesn't really affect me. I look at it as, I mean, there are some players that I personally know that are top, that I just happen to know already that are top players that are looking at that. So it may affect me in the next year. Well, I guess, yeah, they're, they're in 2021's class. So, yeah, in the next year. But um, I, I'll be watching this year to see how it pans out. But I honestly don't care what they do, where they go. I think guys should not do the G League route because I think they're not – there's only going to be one star, maybe two stars on the team. I think guys can fall under the – behind the scenes and, and hurt their draft stock by being surrounded by that much talent, kind of like how Duke had – when they had uh, Zion Williams, they had so many guys, and Trey Jones ended up falling behind 
you know, everybody else, which I feel like could have hurt his stock versus going to, like, Kentucky by himself. Gotcha. Cool. And uh, I know you probably saw the recent story because I know you stay in the know, but uh, with, with Mikey Williams, I know he voiced his concern with possibly going to a HBCU, and he's a top candidate for, like, I think 2023. Do you think that that could hurt their draft stock going to a – I'm not going to say a lower – tier but to a smaller school where they're not getting that exposure they're not playing obviously the same level of competition um just kind of curious yeah I don't think it will I mean guys like that carry no matter if they go play in China you know like LaMelo Ball went over to Australia you know and it's it's perfectly fine I honestly feel like it only will work for top players but top players have to be the first guys to do it nobody wants to be the guinea pig for anything you know um, I mean, Jalen Green, I guess, is the guinea pig for the G League program, and look what he did, you know. So it's going to take some top guy to really – there are some guys, I think, like Joshua Christopher took a visit to, to Howard or Hampton, one of those, um, and I, I don't know whatever happened after that. But it's, it's, somebody's got to be the first one. But I think it could honestly change the game. Do I think it'll really happen? No, I think it's more or less just a movement because of everything going on right now, so people are just talking. Do it, so I don't think it'll really happen, but I think it would be great. I mean, I go to HBCU Law School, so I'm all for it. I see yes. University of Houston across the street has all the top athletes and the nice facilities, and it's like, honestly, it's it's we should keep our money within ourselves, but that I think there's a whole cultural problem that we have as, as African Americans, as black people, you know, that we have to fix before things like that. It's a bigger, deeper issue. Definitely. Um. I was going to ask, obviously, you're very busy, but what is, like, some of your motivating factors or where, where do you draw your inspiration from? Like, is there someone that's in the industry or someone that's, like, an older family member that you're kind of like, okay, they worked hard. If I, like, work hard, I can obviously get to this level of success as well. Just curious, like, what drives you on a day-to-day basis? Uh, I think I think it's just more or less, like, my parents. Um, my parents, I was blessed to have a great stepdad and a mom who were – very involved with me they pushed me to limits that I didn't want even I didn't want to go to southeastern Louisiana my mom said go there and you'll thank me later I wanted to go to LSU I'm so glad I went there I went homecoming king had a great time there and you know it worked out but um my mom and, and, and my and my stepdad uh I really I I they motivate me because I just want to send them on a bunch of trips because I know that they want to travel and I mean they can right now but I'll be at another money level to be able to send them different kinds of places than they probably would expect. So I just want to really do that. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's dope. And uh, I checked out your social media a little bit before we um, connected. So I know that you're a big music fan. I know that you went to like one of Drake's concerts. So I was going to ask, what role do you think music plays like in your life? Um, I love music. I I, I went to Roddy Rich's, uh, I know some people in his circle, so like when he came to Houston and I was on the guest list for that, I was super excited because I was mad because I couldn't get tickets to the concert sold out, yeah. but when they put me on the guest list, I got to go to that and it was so much fun. I'm just a music fan, Drake, uh-huh. we had a suite at the Toyota Center when Drake and Migos came, nice. so that was dope. Like. You know, I honestly, I never pay for any sporting event or concert I'll go to. I'll have some kind of connection to get in. Like when I go sit courtside at the Rockets games, that's a connection. I never pay for that stuff. And so I'm just not for spending. I'm really cheap. So (laughs) I'm not going to spend any money to go see anybody perform live. But if I I can get on the guest list, I get free tickets, I'll go. Um, But I just feel like music is huge. I, I feel like as I get, I was just telling somebody the other day, as I get more success and I 
get on a bigger level, I start to feel that I relate to Drake more and more and more. Like the more he talks, like I'm like, yeah. wow, like I feel like I'm relating to these things that he's saying. And it's weird because I used to not really like Drake like that. But it's like I'm start I'm growing out of the whole you know the the hood rap music because it's like i just i don't want to hear that you know it's really not positive i think little baby's got some dope stuff because he, yeah. he yeah he's got the hood part but he also has like some uh some emotional stuff but also some like some all like all in you know he's talking about the grind and so okay. I, I, I that part i relate to and i i love so um but yeah, I'm, I was actually I'm actually talking with a with a major record label that's looking to start a sports agency right now. That is, they've got the top rappers in the game. So um, if I potentially join them, I think there's a crossover between sports and music with their brand that we could really change the game. So that's the one agency I am still talking to, considering um, because their record label is the top. So I think if they got in the sports game with people like me that we could really take it over so yeah. i mean every rapper wants to be an athlete every athlete wants to be a rapper <laughs> that's exactly. how it is exactly you, you might be the, you might be the first agent to sign the, the number one draft pick that has the number one uh, hip-hop record out at the time so yeah yeah they all hang out together i mean mikey williams is hanging out with young boy and he's exactly. like a freshman in high school you know so who knows? Exactly. And kind of like you were saying earlier in our conversation, um, you just being younger and into the hip hop culture, I feel like that's definitely an advantage you would have of having that conversation with athletes opposed to somebody that's 60 years old, that's out of touch, that's never heard of any of these artists, probably hates listening to hip hop or rap. You just having that yeah. is definitely a leg up. So. I use I use those connections, those music connection connections as well to be able to open up opportunities with athletes. Because if I know I can get on the guest list for this event or whatever, then I'm gonna not bring a player or something. Nice. You know, then you use that connection. Cool, cool. Yeah, I was gonna ask, what is your advice for someone that wants to be an agent? Um, I would make sure you have capital, or make sure you have some kind of connection to a player that's gonna be make make it over into high overseas league or at least the g league you need you need either capital or a connection to a player um because you can use connection to a player's leverage but the main thing if you don't have a connection to a player you have to have money I mean, it comes down to money for these players at the end of the day you're gonna have to pay for everything when they go to the draft so Everybody says they want to be an agent, but when you start naming off all the things you got to pay for, the twenty five hundred every year, you got to pay for insurance in every state. You got it's so much. You got well, not necessarily insurance, but you got to register with the state, and it could like in Texas, it can cost a grand. So you got to have some bread, uh, or at least an investor that's going to give you some bread. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you have like a big picture idea of where you would kind of like to see yourself? I don't like to do the five year plan, but like, what's like the big picture um, for Bryce? The big picture is to have an NFL and, and basketball department of my agency and actually baseball because I've got a good friend that his son's going to be drafted, I think, two years from now um, out in Louisiana. So um, I really want to run my own agency and, and have departments. And I, I don't see why I can't build my own agency. Not, I don't want to be like Clutch Sports. I don't want to be like CAA. I want to do – I want to be like – proactive sports agency I want to do it my way because if I know I do things my way it'll be done the right way I didn't get I didn't get to where I'm at at 22 years old doing making mistakes you know what I'm saying so yeah. you know I, I know it can all be taken away and and I don't take it for granted at all you know but 
Um, I see myself running, having an NFL agent. I'm going to expand. I'm already expanding on the basketball side. And uh, I, I know for a fact I can build myself to compete with these, not really compete because I don't look at them. And I'm not in competition with anybody, mm-hmm. but I, I don't see why I can't be the, the, the CAA or clutch sports. They'll be looking at my agency as one of those in the same conversation. Yeah. And definitely thanks again for um, taking the time. If you have a few um, minutes, just wanted to kind of put you in the hot seat, get your take on these, these random questions and kind of go from okay. there. Cool. So um, first question, I know you're into shoes. Uh, best Jordans of all time? Uh, the 11s. 11s are my favorite. Low tops. Which colorway? Oh, you know what's crazy? I don't have a favorite colorway because – but the, the all red ones um, – okay. I don't know what those are called, but I'm still trying to get those. I haven't gotten those yet. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Um, unlimited time or unlimited resources? Uh, unlimited resources, because I feel like I can make it work in 24 hours. Um, Super Bowl or Game 7 of the NBA Finals? Game 7 of the NBA Finals. I'm not really a uh, – I love the NFL, but I'm a more college football fan than the NFL. Okay. Cool. I know you travel a lot, so uh, window or off seat? Mm, I like the I like the window because when you're at the aisle, people try to go to the bathroom, and I'm not trying to get up. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Uh, they be reaching over you for the for the when they get at Southwest. I only fly Southwest, and they be okay. reaching over you to get the drinks to the people in the window. I don't like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, last question: Three people you would like to have dinner with? It could be anyone. Uh, Barack Obama, uh, Rich Paul, and I'd like to, I'd like to have Martin Luther King because I want to ask him what he thinks about today. (laughs) That'd be, that'd be an interesting thing. That's, that's definitely a good group of people. Um, and then last question, what's the first thing you're going to do? Well, I I feel like the timeout is over in Houston. Like, I feel like y'all are just turning up down there. I don't know if it's like... Like are y'all yeah, it actually just like, opened up this week, but you know, not really. Not okay. it's kind of like halfway open. Okay, I guess I'll I'll rephrase uh, it. What's the first thing you're gonna do when when it's completely back to I guess the new normal? Uh, I'm gonna go play basketball at the gym because we had we just opened up gyms, and so that's the first thing why I did. But we don't have the basketball gyms open, so there's no hoop sessions. Okay. Um, and so I want to hoop at LA Fitness. <laughs> nice, nice. Nothing wrong with that. And I'm just going to leave you the last uh, few minutes or seconds to kind of any thoughts or any advice you have for anyone out there listening. Have at it. Yeah. Um, just my social media is the same on Instagram and Twitter. It's Bryce, the agent, B-R-Y-C-E. Um, to anybody, feel free to reach out to me. I, I like to answer as many questions as possible for people. Um, and I feel like that's the one thing that I only had my mentor, but when I would reach out to random agents, they would never reply and I always hated it. So I, I try not to be that guy. When I get time, I'll, I sit down and go through my DMs. Now my Twitter DMs are crazy because I did go, I went viral when I announced my company. So I have like 4,000 DMs. So okay. sometimes the DMs get lost on Twitter, but, uh, but I try to answer as many questions as possible. So just feel free to reach out to me on social media. Okay, cool. Well, um, thanks again for joining the You Should Listen podcast. I'm your host, Layden Williams. We're out.